0: Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball If you believe you can achieve Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball I'm your host Curveball and today I am joined by Andrew Allerman. He is a podcasting expert, the founder of podcastguest.com, and on that service, 20,000 people have used it to either book guests or to be booked on podcasts. So we're going to be having a special episode today for anybody thinking about starting in podcasting and for the experienced podcasters as well. Andrew, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Why don't you start off by telling everybody, you know, a little bit about yourself, a little background, maybe where you're from, how you got started in this, and anything sure. else you might want the audience to know.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I live outside of Seattle now, um, but I grew up in St. Louis and lived in Austin for 20 years. So. Uh, have lived in a few few different places, um, and I've always been into kind of niche media, right? So any type of media with a very specific topic, and that's kind of how I got into podcasting. I have a podcast about domain names, and uh, that led me to also create the podcastguests.com service.
0: How long has the podcastguests.com service been around? And for those who don't know, Explain to them what that service is and what it does. Right.
1: So I started that service about four years ago. And what happened is I was doing my own podcast about domain names, as I mentioned, and I was running out of new and interesting guests. I pretty much tapped my Rolodex. And so I wanted to find a a way to get new and interesting people on my show. And I looked around for ways to do that, services that would do that. And there were a few services out there, but they charged a, a lot of money, over $1,000 a month to help with that. So I decided to create my own service. And that was the genesis of Podcast Guests.com. And essentially, it is a tool that help, helps podcasters like you find guests, and then it helps people get booked on other shows. So I send out emails once to twice a week with a list of 10 podcasts that are looking for guests. And anyone who meets their qualifications can click a link and fill out a form to essentially pitch to be on those shows. And then I also have an optional directory where people can list themselves so that they can get found by podcasters rather than the other way around.
0: Well, how do you get all those guests? I think you have over 600 And the directory. How did you manage to get all those guests?
1: Yeah, so there are over 600 in the directory and then there are thousands that use the service to get booked on shows. So at at last check this week, over 28,000 people are now registered. And it started out with very few. Uh, it started out with about 100 people. I just reached out to a number of podcasters and said, hey, do you do you have the same problem I have? And are you interested in helping me solve it? Do you want to be on this, this platform for free? And about 100 people signed up. And the first week I sent out the list, we started making matches. And so it was a good sign. Um, and so we've scaled it up significantly since then. And now a, a lot of people find out a, a about the service through word of mouth. They hear from another podcaster or another person who's gotten booked on guests that, hey, this is what I'm using. And that's kind of how the the service has grown.
0: Well, let's say there are people out there thinking about starting a podcast. Hmm. How do you know if it's right for you? And what advice would you give a person to know if they should start
1: one or not? So I think the first thing I tell people that are thinking about starting a podcast is to be a guest first, because it'll give you a taste for what kind of preparation needs to be done and what it's like and make you comfortable with it. But then you need to realize that being a podcast host is like 5x or 10 times as much work as being a guest on a show. Uh, Because when we're done recording today, I know you have work to do, right? You have to put it together, you might make some edits, you have to publish it, you have to you know, you had to come up with questions to ask today and and those sorts of things. So there's a lot more work to being a podcaster than being a guest. So I think a good way to test it out and see if you are fit for it, see if it's something you want to do is to start by being a guest. And then if you really enjoy that, if you like being interviewed and you think you might like being the interviewer, then maybe it's time to start a podcast. If you decide to start a podcast. The thing I encourage people to do is to not overthink it. I think a lot of people might, I'm going on my own experience when I started, I waited three, four five months before I launched it because I wanted to get everything perfect before starting. And really it, it's, you don't need to get the perfect sound setup. You don't need to have everything perfect just to get started. I would encourage people to get it out there, start their podcast, and then you can improve it over time.
0: What are, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see new podcasters make when they get started? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So I think one of them that I just mentioned is they, they, they try to overthink it, right, to get it out there. But another mistake I see, and this is the one area I would actually focus on before launching your podcast, is they don't have good cover art for their podcast. And it's kind of like writing a book and then skimping on the cover, right, which is what people see, right, and they judge by it. Same thing goes for a podcast. When people are looking at podcasts and are scrolling through the app on their phone, all they see is this little graphic, right? This little square graphic for your podcast. And so I would take some time to make sure you create something that is legible when it's small and that it really stands out. Uh, Some other things I see podcasters do that are mistakes are not doing, like I said earlier, you don't have to have a perfect sound setup, but you definitely want to get an external mic. You'll just sound so much richer, so much better when you start. And you can get a a microphone for about 30 or $40 on Amazon that will be significantly better than talking into your laptop or whatever microphone you built in microphone is in your system. Another mistake I see is that sometimes podcasters will feel like they need to go get the biggest and best guests out there, the most popular people, the celebrities. And I found that a lot of times the guests that help me the most promote the show after I've been on aren't the famous people, right? There may be people that aren't invited on a podcast multiple times a week or multiple times a month. They're the ones that will actually put the effort into improving, uh, sorry, helping to promote the show after they are on it.
0: Yeah, because some people you have on, they they won't help you promote it even though you send them the link. Exactly. What are the benefits of being a guest on a podcast or the benefits of podcasters having good, reputable guests on their podcast? Yeah, so a
1: lot of that goes to the, the. it's kind of everyone helping each other out, right? And so the number one way to grow your own podcast is to be a guest on other podcasts because you're, you're talking to people that already listen to podcasts, maybe they're interested in what you have to say, and then they'll come listen to your podcast, maybe while they're even listening to that podcast, they'll scroll in their app, they'll find your podcast and subscribe to it. And so I always tell people, whether you're the guest or you're the host, it's all about helping each other out. And so after that show airs, it's great that the host of the show is going to promote it, the guest of the show is going to promote it. And that is the sort of kind of the, the patting each other on the back, if you will, helping each other out that really makes podcasts successful.
0: For those people who want to be guests on podcasts, what tips would you give them about crafting a perfect pitch to a podcaster? <laughs> Right, and so
1: this is something that uh, I, I got so many questions about, and I had so much frustration. So after I started podcastguests.com, I'd occasionally get an email from a podcaster saying, "Hey, this guest found me through your service," and the interview was was really bad, <laughs> and I don't know how to tell them I'm not going to air it. And I got to talking to them, and we had a lot of shared experiences, right? The guest had really bad sound quality. They called in from a loud place. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't prepared for the questions that they, they should have known would be asked, right? They're, they're right up their alley. So I actually put together a guide and you, you can get it for free at podcastguests.com slash guide. And it walks you through crafting that pitch to be a good guest, making sure you're prepared for the show and then helping the podcaster out afterward. When you craft your pitch, I think there are several things that are very important to do. One is to be specific in what your expertise is. And I think some people start out and their expertise is too broad. And you know, someone could say they're a technology expert or a business expert, but there are literally millions of people that fall into that category. And I think when you pitch to someone, you wanna be much more specific about what you can bring to the table, what sort of expertise you can bring. Go as narrow as you can while still, being applicable to that podcast. And you'll wanna create what's called a one sheet, which is basically a pitch page about you that you'll send to this podcaster. On that one sheet, you'll wanna talk about some of your background, previous podcast experience, if you have any, what makes you an expert. So if you have any, any awards or recognition in there. And then I always suggest to people to add two things to this one sheet that a lot of people leave off. One is a list of suggested interview questions. Even if the podcaster doesn't use them, it makes their job so much easier because they, it kind of gets their creative juices flowing. They can, they can create content around that and questions around it. And the other thing is to go ahead and put on your OneSheet how you will help the podcaster promote the show after you are on it. And I got the idea to add this to OneSheets. I was, I was at a conference, the South by Southwest Conference in Austin, And I was chatting with a podcaster and he said, I get pitched all the time from people who want to be a guest on my show, but they are, they're just talking about what's in it for them and not what's in it for me. I want them to help promote my, me promote my show. And so I added that on as a way to get people really thinking about what they can do
0: to help promote the shows after they're on them. So from the other side, you know, with your service, we have to pitch the guests. So what advice would you give us podcasters <laughs> yeah. about crafting? A right. Good That's ditch? a
1: great question. And I see, I see a lot of podcasters submit basically the same request to people over and over. And, you know, I'll be honest, you don't have to work as hard as a podcaster. Cause look, everyone in my directory wants to get booked on shows, right? So it's, it, you know, they do want to come on your show, but sometimes it's not obvious to them that they're a good fit for it. And so sometimes I'll respond back to someone that invites me on. I'm, I'm speaking on a podcast later this week. That's about, um, uh, how would you like, like uh, gym owners and uh, private exercise coaches and, and that sort of thing. Trainers is the word I was trying to come up with there. And, and he reached out and he's like, Hey, you're very successful. would love to have you on. And I wrote back and I said, look, I'm, I'm happy to come on, but help me understand what information you want me to get across to your people. Why am I relevant? And he said, Oh, well, a lot, a lot of my people are podcasting or they're trying to to grow their business. So they need help figuring out how to do that. I'm like, okay, perfect. That, that is expertise I can bring to the table. So I would just say, make sure that it's clear that it's relevant. And on my invitation form, it says, why is this guest good for your show? And so just putting something a little bit about their background there, maybe one of the topics they've listed that they're interested in. Um, I think that helps a lot. It also helps. I, I, request people to put a link to their Apple podcast link. And I know I actually saw you early on when you started doing invitations, you didn't have that Apple podcast link yet, or at least you were submitting your, your RSS feed link, which is okay. But I think people really like to see, Oh, they're already in Apple. They've gotten to that point in Apple podcasts and it helps out a lot with your credibility.
0: Absolutely. Now, for the podcasters that are just starting out, they're not going to have many episodes. And I know when I first started, I pitched a guest that my friend recommended and she came back. She said, you got all but two episodes. <laughs> Basically, why do I need to come on right. your show? So so for guests, in your opinion, do you feel like podcast size or podcast fit is, is more important Absolutely them? fit.
1: 100% fit. I'd rather talk to an audience of... 20 people that really care about what I have to talk about as opposed to 2000 that it's a shot in the dark, right? Where where it's it's just not that relevant. And so this is it is kind of a chicken and an egg issue, right? Because you're starting out your podcast, you want to get good guests on the show. But the guests are like, well, is this person going to be around? Are they going to stick with this? And a lot of podcasters quit, right? They realize that it's a lot of work. And so I I always tell guests, though, that every podcast appearance that you make is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to improve your messaging. When you look at great speakers, right, they weren't great speakers right away. They went up on stage, they were nervous, and they've gotten better at it because they've done it over and over and over so even if you're a guest on a podcast that doesn't have a large audience, as long as it's targeted, I think it's worth your time. And another thing to point out is if that podcast does become quite successful, you're going to get two benefits down the road. One, you can say, Hey, you know what? I was on Living the Dream with Curveball, right? I mean, I was on, I was a guest, you know, now he only has these, you know, fantastic guests. The other thing is that people will subscribe and listen to the back catalog. So they'll go back. Maybe the show isn't huge now, but when it gets many years down the road and it has a bigger audience, a lot of people will go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes. So you can get some benefit from that, even if the
0: audience isn't huge right now. Absolutely. Now, you just brought up something that about nervous. (laughs) What, What advice would you give somebody who... Is nervous before an interview.
1: So here's the great thing about podcasts. Podcasts are not live and they can be edited. So when you look at the level of nervousness you have, say, doing a live radio show and then a live TV show or actually going up on stage, those are many, many times more anxiety ridden than doing a podcast. You know, worst case, if I make a huge mistake here, you can edit it out. And so I tell people to, look at all these interviews as an opportunity. You will make mistakes. But as far as the risk level of this medium, I think it's very low.
0: Well, what what are some of the mistakes that podcasters make when they're trying to choose guests for their shows?
1: So I believe I mentioned a little bit earlier, the only going after the big fish, right? I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to go after some of the smaller guests out there, maybe the ones that haven't made quite the name for themselves, because they'll help you spread the word. They'll help you get the word out about your show. They'll actually promote it because they were excited to be on it, right? As opposed to a celebrity who's not even going to tweet about your show or, or say anything about it. So I think that's one of the things to think about. Uh, certainly look at fit and if you try to get a vibe on the person on if they're just going to spend the whole time promoting themselves or their service as opposed to trying to help the audience out with real actionable ideas and tips and tools and that sort of thing because there are some people that it's pretty clear to me it's clear anyway when I look at their one sheet that they're all about selling their product or service where, as opposed to the person who's like, "Hey, I'll teach your audience about this. I'll teach your audience how to be a guest on podcasts, or I'll teach your audience how to use LinkedIn to grow their leads." You know that that sort of thing, something actionable, as opposed to, "Well, let me tell you about my ten-part system that you can buy for you know a thousand dollars." Right, that's the type of guest you're, you're trying to avoid. And then I always tell this is somewhat on the podcaster, somewhat on the guest, just to make sure that they have at least a at that decent sound quality setup very basic doesn't need to be expensive but they they've got a headset so you don't get an echo they'll do they're not going to call in from the airport or from the car or something like that just trying to set those expectations
0: well from the podcaster and the guest side what are some tips that you can give people to prepare for an interview
1: well, it's great if you can go back and listen to a previous episode, uh, if you are the guest. And I, I went back and listened one years before and kind of kind of got a feel for it. Um, and then if you're the podcaster, it's also nice if you can listen to a show that the, the guest has been on so that you can understand kind of some of the some of the questions that really you felt like you got some good answers to. But I think from a preparation standpoint, What I like to do before I have guests on is I kind of craft my general outline. And that outline might have five bullet points on it or five questions. And I'll actually send these to the guests ahead of time, kind of very high level, right? I I don't want it to be canned. I don't want their responses to be like like they're reading off of something, which I'm sure you've come across with some guests. But I do want them to be prepared. So if I ask them for a certain piece of data or advice about a particular topic, I'd rather have them have kind of a thoughtful response than have them struggle. So I think a little bit of preparation that way goes a long way.
0: Well, usually what I'll do is if I don't have a bio, I'll have them send me a bio. And when they ask me, what are we gonna talk about? I basically tell them, we're going to talk about your bio. You know, I went and checked out your website. So we're gonna be talking about what's on your website, you know, that that's kind of how I do when guests want to know right. what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about what was on your one sheet.
1: Mm-hmm. And how many interviews have you done now?
0: Oh, I've done a lot. I'm, I'm on episode 59 right now. So You were you going fast because it hasn't been that
1: long, right? When did you start the podcast?
0: I started the podcast on September 7th. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, when I saw how many episodes you have now compared to, I remember seeing you sending those invitations where it's like, hey, I've got one, two, three episodes. So that's great.
0: Yep. And and it's been great. And I didn't realize it was going to take off like this, that I was going to be able to get as many guests as I did mm-hmm. or that I'm getting. And speaking of guests, what what advice would you give a guest about increasing the potential for them getting booked on podcasts. Mm -hmm.
1: So I always tell people, if you do a great job on other shows, you're going to get invited on to more. And so when I listen to someone on a podcast and I think, wow, they had insightful answers. They weren't just pitching themselves as their products the whole time. That to me is a sign of someone I want to invite on my show. Another person I'll invite on my show is someone that I see out there promoting the podcast that they've been on. Those are kind of some keys that I look for.
0: Are there any new features that you guys are working on on podcastguest.com and any any projects that you have coming up as far as that or anything else?
1: You know, I've tried to keep it as simple as possible and I have been making improvements. A lot of them are kind of in the background, but I, I don't think it needs to be a from A to Z, all the steps of having a guest on your show. I I can't be the best at everything. I want to be the matchmaker that brings the guests and the hosts together. And so I wouldn't say I have a bunch of new features. I am working with my developer to make it a little bit easier to invite people onto your show. As you know, you fill out a form each time, and I'm sure you agree it'd be great if you, if the the stuff that stays the same, like the URL to your Apple link was already pre-populated, right? It would make it a lot easier. And so I'm working on some small things like that, but not any great big features. I mean, at its core, the service has scaled so much because it is fairly simple to use, right? It's, It's an easy concept. Hey, I'm gonna get an email every week, once or twice, with a list of shows I can pitch to and for those podcasters it's great because they're going to get a lot of pitches they're depending on the topic like for a show like yours i wouldn't be surprised if you got over 100 pitches just from being included in that email so it really helps the podcasters get a lot of guests lined up and then for the for the guests that really want to take it to another level that want to get serious about it i always encourage them to, to go the paid route and get that premium level in the directory, which gets them a lot of exposure. It gets some exposure on a rotating basis in these emails that go out to 28,000 people. And for a lot of podcasters, excuse me, for a lot of experts, for a lot of guests, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, actually, my podcast is going to be listed in one of the emails. Jessica just emailed me. Oh, awesome. A couple of days ago.
1: Yeah, you're going to, um, well, I, I certainly hope that you get a lot of pitches. You know, the, the one challenge I hear from podcasters after they're featured is, okay, I don't know where to start, you know, because <laughs> they just got so many, uh, so many pitches. And and some of them, some of them won't be a fit, right? And, and I always encourage the experts to only pitch to shows that are an exact fit, but some of them you'll look through and be like, eh, not really for me. But hopefully a lot of them will be on the mark.
0: Absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and throw out your contact information that you want listeners to connect with you. Give out definitely the website to the service and so they can sign up and anything else that you want the audience to know before we go.
1: Great. Yeah, you can sign up for the service for free at podcastguests.com. And the welcome email will actually come from me. So you'll have my email address right there after you do that. If you have any questions at all, I'm, I'm always happy to help people
0: out. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Alleman. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on.
0: And listeners, if you find this show useful, please like, rate, and review after listening.